Welcome to the G3 Podcast, a weekly podcast focused on the Christian life where we examine doctrinal and cultural issues that impact God's church. My name is Josh Bice, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Voilo. Welcome back to the G3 podcast, and we are still trying to navigate this strange social distancing season during this global COVID-19 pandemic. And as we think through the complexities, not only for the human race as a whole, not only for the economic stability of our own communities or our own personal family budget, but the complexities for the local church. And so today's conversation will be centered on the subject of preaching and this global pandemic. And so as we think about the need for preaching, we need preaching. We don't need less preaching during a pandemic. We actually need more preaching. But yet, by the very nature of the church itself, the ecclesia, the called out assembly, called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ, because of the CDC's mass gathering restrictions, and in order to try to strive to be in lockstep agreement with and in submission with the governing authorities who lead us, uh, so long as they're not asking us to uh, not preach the gospel or to in some way disobey God, for the well-being of our community, to love our neighbor, and to care for the church properly, we should submit. Romans 13 teaches us this, right? But as we think about the complexities and the challenges facing the church today, we need to be preached to. And we need to hear the preaching and the sermons of our pastors. We need to be fed faithfully through the Word of God. In other words, uh, we don't need to just sit in, in isolation from one another and then not be sitting under the preaching of the Word for a month or two straight. We, that would be detrimental to our spiritual life and to the spiritual well-being of the local church. So as we think about these challenges, again, we have all sorts of decisions that we're having to navigate. In, in other words, how do we pray? How do we shepherd souls? How do we have member care? How do we engage one another properly in such a way for church discipline to hold one another accountable? Can we or can we not reduce the Lord's table to pixels on a screen and just get a little bit of juice and a little bit of crackers or a little bit of wine and a little bit of bread or a little water, as some pastors are suggesting, and just simply follow the the, the leadership and the guidelines uh, of what's taking place on a screen in front of you with your family. Can a pastor do this? Is this proper fencing of the Lord's table? Is this proper oversight? Is this a proper togetherness as the Scripture teaches? Well, again, these are questions that we must deal with, and that's really a, a conversation that we're going to table for a further podcast, perhaps next week. But today we need to be thinking about preaching. Now, I want to encourage you to be patient with your pastors as they lead. Be very much patient with uh, your pastor as he's seeking to engage you with the Word of God during this time. I can assure you that when he was in seminary or in all of his studies, 
he has not taken the COVID-19 pandemic preaching elective to figure out how to properly feed the church during this season. With that said, we need to be thinking about how does he preach during this season? Now, for the sake of satisfying curiosity, I'm sure many of you have been sort of looking at some of the live stream broadcasts that have been put out by other churches, maybe a church down the road, maybe a church that you have some knowledge of, maybe another family or friends church, or maybe maybe the mega church uh, that you know and that you respect, uh, the celebrity pastor, so to speak, that you've been listening to or watching their live stream. Now, as we think about this, we need to be asking ourselves some very honest questions. What should we be doing? How much engagement should we be striving for with our local church and with our pastor at this juncture? Now, for a long time, for many years, I've been very much consistent on uh, my ecclesiology and my position of uh, one church model rather than a mega church or some sort of multiple site model where you have uh, one church in seven locations. And I've always criticized that sort of model because of the fact that when you have a pastor that's put on a screen in another specific church context, and yet you're supposed to be one church, how do you gather? How do you engage in the fencing of the table? How do you overlap for business? How do you overlap for church discipline? How do you overlap for the Lord's table even? And so as we're thinking about all these challenges, and again, for the sake of clarity, I've been very much consistent that I've been opposed to the idea of having a pastor on a flat screen on a stage so that you can call yourself one church, but yet be in various different locations. Again, I've always suggested that you should just allow that church to be a plant and be a self-sustaining church in and of itself with its own elders and its own main preaching pastor. Yes, that should take place. But here we are in this season, and many of us have been forced out of necessity to preach through the lens of technology and to be the preacher who's preaching on a screen to our church members in their homes. And so this is a very strange time, and we need to try to navigate this with a great deal of biblical clarity, wisdom, and ask God for help as we seek to shepherd the flock of God that is among us. Every time we have a new members class within the context of our church, uh, we do about four weeks where we do Christianity 101, Church 201, the distinctive marks of our church 301, and then we do, uh, again, a final class that's talking about the spiritual gifts, the 401 class, which then sends them out into the life of our church. The second class, every single time that I teach this class, I start off with an example of the Brady Bunch and with George Jetson. Now, I, I, I seek to do that, and some of the older people who are coming into the life of the church will uh, remember the old reruns of the Brady Bunch, or they will remember George Jetson and, and the whole cartoon. Yet the younger people, we have to sort of work to bring them up to speed with, with those shows that we were once uh, very much accustomed to seeing on the television. 
Now, the reason that I bring up those as examples is I, I start off with that 201 class on the church, why it is that we need the church. And I, I often try to give an example and say, what if we here at Praise Mill Baptist Church sold our entire church campus? We own two houses on the edge of the campus here, and we have uh, a campus that's at a juncture of several different roads, and we could sell it. And then we could just be the online church and we could meet and we could gather much like you see in the Brady Bunch. When it used to come on television, you would see them in their little screens there and they would be waving at one another. And as a child, I remember watching that show and thinking to myself, well, that's just an odd thing, you know, because that was predating the whole smartphone technology with the ability for FaceTime interaction and that sort of thing. And then again, during that same period, you would watch the cartoon George Jetson or the Jetsons, as it was known, and you would have George who would be reprimanded by his boss on a screen that would appear in his home, and his boss would be reprimanding him for something that he did not do at the office. And yet they're having a conversation through a screen. And I would say, and, and this is what I typically say to the new members who are seeking membership at our church at that second class, I will start off by giving those examples and saying, what if we sold the campus, took all of the money, deposited it into a banking account, and we used the interest off of the money to plant churches and then we gathered each Lord's Day through the lens of technology, like a Zoom meeting. We had Sunday school opportunities or small group gatherings. And then I would preach and we would gather like that each Lord's Day. And we would have announcements and we would talk about the things that are happening in the life of the church. And then we would encourage the church to go out and scatter for evangelism. But then once a quarter, we would rent the local high school's gymnasium and we would gather together and we would observe the Lord's Supper and we would baptize new believers who have been saved since the last quarter when we met. And we would, uh, if need be, we would engage in any means of church discipline. And then we would have a wonderful lunch on the grounds of the, of the high school there. And then that would Again, the very next week, we would roll back to our online meetings. Now, without question, no matter the age bracket, millennial, non-millennial, it doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are, they always push back against me at that very juncture at the end of that introduction of that class. And why is it that they do that? It's not because technology is not a good thing. It's because technology has its limitations. It's because technology is a good thing for us to see the expression of our faces as we talk, to be able to engage with conversation that's a little bit more natural than a simple telephone call or a text message. It's a little bit more personable, and, and yet at the same time, it can only take us so far. That's why it is that when you visit another state or you're out of uh, out of uh, your home for business needs or you're traveling on a mission trip, you might FaceTime your family. But at the same time, if you FaceTime your family and your children every single day, then yet when they arrive at the airport to pick you up, they're going to run and they're going to embrace you and they're going to hug you like they haven't seen you 
the entire week. Now, why is that? Because limitations are very much evident through technology and the use of technology. Yes, they were able to see your face and hear your voice through FaceTime, but they were not able to embrace you. They were not able to engage in in true in-person conversation and just to enjoy that fellowship. And so it is with the life of the church. We can use technology for this limited season of social distancing to bridge the gap as a band-aid, if you will. But we can't use technology to be the end goal of our church gatherings. There have been some people who have suggested that when this entire pandemic is over, that some churches are going to start using Zoom as an ongoing practice for their small groups. That would be a disaster. That would be a problem because technology has its limitations, and we should know this by now. So I want to read a passage of Scripture from 1 Peter chapter 5, and I want us to think through what Peter is saying as he's seeking to engage elders on their responsibility of shepherding. Notice what he says. He says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Wow, what a passage, right? I want you to hear what he's saying there. Now, he's saying that it is the job of a pastor to exercise oversight within the context of of these few verses here. You have just within these first four verses, you have the idea of uh, pastoral ministry, the, the, the actual understanding of pastor to shepherd the flock of God. You have this idea of exercising oversight. And so as we think about what it means to be a pastor, we need to be very much patient with those who are overseeing us and caring for our souls during this time, because there is a desire for us to be together, but we can't be. And so as we think about using the lens of technology, how is a pastor to care for his flock properly through the preaching of the word, right? Well, how does that happen through a pandemic of social distancing through technology? Let's just be very honest. Most pastors do not have a professional team who are able to oversee the live stream and to monitor the bit rate and to make sure that the live stream is not going to be coming across the screens with a grainy, you know, sort of uh, image quality and that the audio is is maintained properly. Most pastors are pastoring churches that don't have the means or the giftedness and they don't have the the technological ability to provide the highest quality of live stream. And so during this season, you've probably been watching and looking at how other churches are doing this. How are they doing church? How are they engaging uh, through the, the, the lens of technology? And as you watch some of these other live streams, maybe it's a megachurch pastor, or maybe it's a celebrity pastor, and you've been watching and seeing how they're doing things, and maybe you've been struck with 
this idea that your pastor's not doing a good enough job because it's sort of embarrassing. Maybe you've been a little bit embarrassed by your pastor's lack of technological ability. Maybe he's put up an iPhone, the very best job that he could do without the help of a tech team is to put up an iPhone on a shelf in his office. And the backdrop was maybe his wall with personal photos of his family members hanging on the wall behind him. And the light wasn't proper. And the the audio, because of the up, upload speed of his internet connection at his home, was not so good. So the audio had a little bit of a squeaky audio that was a bit distracting to you. And the image pixelated some. And maybe you've been tempted to just tune in to one of the celebrity pastors uh, or, or someone that you know at another church down the road that has a little bit more of a high-quality live stream. And maybe they have better music through this season. So maybe you've been attracted to that. Let me just encourage you to think differently. Just let me encourage you at this juncture to think critically about the fact that during this pandemic, you need to be listening to, very carefully so, listening to the words of your pastor. You need to be uh, tuning in with expectation to hear what your pastor has to say through all of this. Again, as we think about the challenges that your pastor is trying to overcome, you need to remember that that your pastor, your pastor has been given the charge to care for you. He's not preaching to a church down the road. He's preaching to you. He knows your struggle. He knows the the life of the church that you're a member of. He knows the needs of your church. And if you go to the hospital this evening, the mega church pastor is not coming there. Okay? If you have a tragedy this evening, the mega church pastor is not coming to visit you. It will be your pastor who comes. So you need to sit on the edge of your seat. You need to try to to avoid the distraction of the pixelated video quality and the squeaky audio quality. And you need to give yourself to engaging with your pastor's preaching as he seeks to care for you, as he seeks to uh, shepherd you, as he seeks to feed you through the Word of God. It was in Acts 20, 28 when Paul was preparing to leave Ephesus to go away and he called a meeting with the elders of the church at Ephesus and he charged them with their pastoral responsibilities. And he said these words, he said, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. This is difficult to do through the lens of technology. But nevertheless, as your pastor seeks to shepherd your soul through the Word, it might not come across like John MacArthur's church in California. It might not have the level of professionalism that you would desire. It might come down to the fact that your pastor, all he can do is turn on his iPhone and someone taught him how to use the audio record feature, and he can record that and send it to someone in the church by way of email, and they can put it on some sort of free audio service on the cloud that that enables the church to receive an email where they can listen to a poor audio quality sermon 
but nevertheless a sermon from your pastor. If that's all that he can do, then you should sit with a heart of expectation and you should engage and listen to the words of your pastor. That should be what you're seeking to do. Now remember, again, uh, according to Titus chapter number one, the role of a pastor is to silence those who violate the truth and trouble the church of Jesus. And so as your pastor seeks to care for you during this pandemic, part of his calling involves keeping you protected from the wolves. So rather than just surfing through YouTube to find a preacher that looks like he's you know, has this wonderful professional quality live stream opportunity. You need to, you need to remember that the internet is not a safe place. YouTube is not a safe place. You should always read uh, with great discernment. If you're reading blogs or articles online, if you're studying the Bible online, always do so with a great deal of discernment. If you're listening to someone preach on online, on YouTube, or what have you, always do so with a great spirit of discernment. Your pastor is seeking to care for you. So give yourself to listening. Try to tune in. Try to engage. Don't be worried about whether or not it's, it's comparable with the megachurch down the road. Seek to listen to the voice of the shepherd that God has placed in your life. So is your pastor, is he preaching weekly? How is he engaging? Is he leading Zoom prayer meetings with the church family? Well, then try to figure out how to engage, how to meet. Now, once again, remember, as I stated before, your pastor probably had not taken the COVID-19 pandemic preaching elective. So just think in terms of, say, Martin Lloyd-Jones in his day. Think about Martin Lloyd-Jones just trying to figure out how to use technology during the midst of a social distancing restriction or some sort of time when the church is going to be prohibited from gathering together as, as the church is accustomed to. Your pastor is dealing with all of these massive challenges. So be patient, but yet give yourself to hearing his heart, hearing the tone of his voice, engaging in the in the series that he's preaching through? Has he stopped his typical series and engaged in a special series to care for the church? Well, that means he's seeking to care for you. Is the pastor gathering the church for opportunities of prayer? Well, then he's calling you to come together. So don't neglect those opportunities. It is not the same. It is not uh, iChurch or eChurch or virtual church. In fact, it's not real church at all. But what it is, is it's an opportunity for you to gather and to hear and to be discipled by your pastor. So seek to be faithful. And and you might want to consider seeking to encourage your pastor during this time, because he's probably putting in more hours trying to overcome these challenges and seek to care for the church properly. So think about that uh, about those challenges, think about what he's facing, and then maybe shoot him an email or a text or write him a letter to just let him know that you're praying for him, to encourage him, that he would continue to be faithful during these days. Because I can assure you, if your pastor is worth his weight in salt, if he's not asleep at the wheel, he is not kicked back on his easy chair as an extended vacation during this pandemic. 
He's praying. He's meeting with his leaders. He's trying to assemble through technology and gather the church for opportunities of fellowship and prayer. And he's preaching sermons, real sermons, to you and to your family. So, again, I want to encourage you to be patient, to be diligent, to be wise and careful, and at the same time, to strive to listen to your pastor as he's seeking to feed you through this pandemic. Now, again, one of the goals that we have as a ministry, G3 Ministries, we desire to be an encouragement to fellow believers and to the local church and to strive to make the local church healthy and strong for the glory of God. So we have opportunities and we have, uh, again, resources that you can engage with. You can find out information at g3conference.com. Would encourage you, if you're able to, to follow us on social media. You can find archives of previous events and conferences that can be a Band-Aid or a supplement for you to use during this time, but should not be used as a replacement for your pastor's sermons and for the preaching of your pastor that God has placed over you and your family for the glory of God. So again, use these resources. We encourage you to do so. Connect with us. Let us know how we can be a a better encouragement to you and to the greater church as a whole. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you in the days to follow as we seek to be passionate and profitable members of our local church for the glory of God. 